So, Evan Nolan, we got season two, episode 24, but anyone who's watching us will probably wonder, has a weird argument sort of happened between two white people in North America about Argentinian soccer? I didn't think we had a problem, and then you showed up wearing that jersey. <laughs> I, want, I, I wanted to play that game for those listening it's like i have a bunch of random jerseys so i put on a boca boca juniors jersey i did not now evan spent a lot of time in south america for a regular listener so i thought he'd be impressed that i own this my reaction instead was what the fuck are you wearing <laughs> shoot out of my chair and change shirts immediately to my river jersey so well, I, I, I am i am a, i am a millionario uh, the, as they call the fans of River Plate, uh, as opposed to uh, you guys call us Los Gallinas, the chickens. Uh, we we call you guys Bostezos, um, the piles of shit. Um, so it seems about it seems about fair. Well, I thought it matched this hat too here. My my Yamayuri Giants. Oh, there we go. I have I have. God damn it! I'm a fan of the. Is there a carp team? I think there's a team called the Carp. Actually, okay. when I when I did get to go see a game in Tokyo, they were against the Carp. The Carp defeated them seven to five. Was it the Carp or was it the Whale? No, it was, yeah, the Carp. Yeah, it was it was the Carp? Lloyd Mosby, former Toronto Blue Jay, hit a home run. I was pretty pretty happy about that. Wow. And yeah. Was was Tuffy Rhodes there as well? Tuffy Rhodes, uh, Tuffy Japanese was not legend. There. Oh, okay. Tuffy was. No, not but there. so just just for those of you who don't understand Argentine soccer, a quick little thing about Boca and River which is a blood feud uh, and you can't, you can't pretend you can't like both. So I was at the last super classico of the century uh, in 1999 between Boca and river. The last time they were going to play each other uh, in a regular season game. And so we're in river stadium, which is pretty much a national team stadium for Argentina. They play almost all their home games there. It's 77,000 seat stadium. Mm -hmm. So it's divided into four parts with the two end zones and the two sides, right? So one of the sides is, or one of the end zones is all Boca fans because they're both from are from Buenos Aires, um, and the other three sides are all River fans. I also want to point out this is the last time, as far as I know, that Boca fans were allowed into River Stadium. So River won the game two to nothing, and in the like 80th minute on the Boca end of the stadium, there were we counted 43 separate fires burning in their national team stadium there was a police officer who tried to stop people they pushed them from the upper deck to the lower deck they have fencing around the sides they were jumping over the fencing and the barbed wire to cut the hoses of the firefighters who were trying to put out the fires it was absolute chaos they let all the boca fans out first and then they let the river fans out at like 15 minutes later and you could just see them. So we were at the top of the stadium because we were poor students. So we're at the top of the stadium and you could just see the river fans lined up at the gates and they opened up the, the gates and they just sprinted out. And I later was walking through the streets. I saw a pregnant lady bleeding from her head in the door of a kiosk who just happened to be wearing a Boca jersey, I think, when she was out and around. Like these guys hate each other. Uh, every time there's a no more violence amongst fans thing in Argentina, which happens a lot, they always have a picture picture of a Boca fan and a River fan. So absolutely and utterly insane. And I have a deep loathing for everything Boca. Wow. So, 
Yeah, I, I had a cool shirt on. I was going to talk about it, but no, I'm, go I'm going to an Aria shirt for the night. Yeah, seriously, though, for the I wish we had been recording. I wish I hadn't realized it and we'd been recording just because like the reaction. Oh, man, I was so mad. So mad. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Well, and we'll, with with well, my random jerseys that I've got left, I know that there's no way I'm going to generate any kind of reaction <laughs> at all. There's zero chance of that. I don't know what else, what other ones would be. I really, I don't think. I mean, even the English football. I just, I don't have anyone I really hate. I just, I was agnostic on English football for so long, and then I just kind of fell in love with uh, Leicester. So I root for Leicester, but I don't have any of the open hatred because I've never been to a game. I've never really had anything to do with it. Uh, but Arch, oh my God, do I hate Boca fans? Wow. So well, if it's any consolation, I just own this. I'm not a fan. It might be <laughs> even more sacrilegious to well, people. I, I, to be fair, I also have a Chacaritas Juniors jersey. I have a Quilmes jersey. I have a Velez Sarsfield jersey. So I have multiple Argentine soccer team jerseys, but I do not have I do not have a Boca jersey. I have an I have a I have a River flag that hangs in here. I have all sorts of stuff. So and I actually used to get um, El Grafico, which is the Argentine soccer magazine, uh, delivered to me in Boston from Argentina for about six or seven years. So. I have, to, I have to explain to our younger listeners what a magazine is. Again, it's something you buy at a convention in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very well done. So, so before we have our regular sub uh, content, uh, and for those, because uh, we went on a tangent, of course, uh, basically what Evan and I do, we talk about Hall of Fame related news. And because certain times there's lots of Hall of Fame related news, and sometimes mm -hmm. there's not, much like the summer, this is the dead zone. So we came up with regular segments. Why we didn't do that when we first started doing this? Because we weren't thinking. Because we're rookies and we're, we're rookies. We're this out as so I blame I blame our producer. <laughs> okay, shit. I guess that's me. Um, <laughs> no, we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. So we have three regular segments. Evan talks about people who died. Yep. Uh, I have an elevator up. Who did something good over the past week that made their hall of fame chances better who really didn't got a lot of those this week and evan's got this great segment that we usually use as the hammer which is the good the bad and the ugly of sports of the week mm -hmm. uh before we get into that i have a weird uh, rant uh, oh. i was gonna say we have an unofficial fourth section which is your weird rant of the week My, well yeah all right Okay, I'll, I'll start off with that. I was going to do something I'll talk about, I think, more next week, because I really want to digest this more. Or I might not. I might avoid this topic completely, which a lot of people have done. Uh, we have our first trans person in the Olympics who qualified. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit on that. So if people are coming in to sort of hear what I've got to say on that, because I've gone off on some weird shit. And this is a pretty big one that I could go off on. I'm not going to just yet. I've, I'm going to sit on this a little bit. I'm kind of, I've, I think I know where I want to go, but a lot of people aren't saying anything. A lot of people you would expect to say something. I will say this though, Martina Navratilova, who you can vote for on our website, notinhalloffame.com forward slash USA for the first ever class for the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. Somehow she's gotten the shafts in a lot of this stuff when it comes to social justice and how we progress in the West. I say it's in the West because they're certainly living down here in Barbados. It's a different sort of mindset for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. 
Martina Navratilova came out as bisexual in 1981, probably, uh, probably knew what she was. She probably was more self-aware long before that, uh, came out as lesbian afterwards. And she said many times, actually she said something recently that if there was Twitter, holy shit, she would have gone off on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Martina Navratilova is, if you think Serena Williams is the goat of women's tennis, I won't disagree with you. I think Martina's right up there with her. Just a quick Wikipedia search will tell you why I would say that. Mm-hmm. Martina got screwed out of a shit ton of endorsements all of her life for two reasons. One, because she's not conventionally pretty. Right. The biggest reason is she was a lesbian. Let's just call it what it was. That's why. I also want to point out, at least temporarily, that she was a citizen of the Czech Republic, which is a communist country, which may have also had something to do with it. That, that's fair. That's fair. I, 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 I would agree with that. Uh, but pretty much every endorsement that would have went to a women's tennis player went to Chris Everett, Chris, to yeah. a lesser degree, Billie Jean King, mm-hmm. even though she also came out around the same time, but her big era was the 70s. Right. But she had a persona that even though conventionally, if I, if I have to talk about looks, and again, I, I know I rag my, on myself all the time. I'm a less attractive Ricky Schroeder, although I think I, I, think I might have beat him now if you've seen it's, him lately. Yeah, I don't think it's close. I think you got that one, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. But Martina lost out on this, that, the other thing. She said something really interesting that was controversial at the time, but she was, it was right. Do you know that when Magic Johnson got AIDS, Mm-hmm. she said uh, that you know what if it happened to me people would have said she would she deserved it mm-hmm. yep She's probably right yeah agreed so and then as we move on where and you're going to talk about something a little later that that i won't sort of spoil but i think anyone might figure out what that is as we sort of like moved on in lgbtq rights martina navratilova being gay is not even one of the more interesting things about her. Right, agreed. Yeah. But as we sort of talk about the whole trans issues, she's been on record saying, let's take a real good look at it. And that initially she said, it's not fair. And then she sort of softened that to like, we really need to take a deeper look at this in terms of of level of competition. And I might go into that more next week, or I may avoid this completely. I don't know. But here's a woman who should be, who really is a trailblazer, but is now a turf, which for those wondering what that means, I I believe, and I might be wrong on this, but I think it's called, stands for trans exclusionary, I don't know know what the R is, radical? Feminist. Okay, well, yeah, the F is R radical? Okay, I don't know, but Martina Navratilova is now a bigot after all the shit she went through. Are seriously? Yeah. Okay, so I I'm, that wasn't actually the rant I'm going to go on. I I, I didn't was even planning a mini rant, a mini rant to leave a mini me rant before a far more fun rant. Okay, good. Yeah, because that's probably why I'm not going to touch it next week. Because let's just have fun, man. We go off. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, that whole thing is a tough topic to go into. There's just so many moving parts. But anyway, get, continue. Yeah. The Harlem Globetrotters say they want to be the next oh, yes. NBA team. And a lot of people on Twitter said, hey, that would be cool. And my first thought was, that would be cool. For a hot second, I thought that. All right. Now, in their press release on that, their open letter to Adam Silver, which is basically 
their way of trying to drum up some support for something that may not be there. Would it be cool? Sure. But let's look at the logistics first. Where are they going to play? Not Harlem. They don't play in Harlem. They never did. They don't have a home arena. Never did. They, in their, also in their press release, they did say a lot of things, talked about their great history, how important they are to not just basketball, but to African-American sports. No one can disagree on that. They, I'm pretty sure they predate the NBA. I think they do. Yeah. A lot of their players in, in the glory days played there because they weren't really welcomed on an NBA team. They beat the NBA champions, which was the Lakers, uh, the Minneapolis Lakers at the time, uh, I believe. I think it was once or twice. I can't remember how many times, but I know they beat them when they were the champions. And just look what they do to the Washington Generals. Well, they used to do the Washington Generals. No, that's true. Yeah. And then, yeah. then Krusty bet on them, and that was the end of that. I was hoping you'd bring that up because I was <laughs> going to, yeah. Uh, you bet you bet on the Washington – you bet against the Harlem Globetrotters? I thought they were due. due. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then beyond all this stuff and people saying, oh, how cool would that be? Well, okay. Again, the other logistics of where are they going to play? The NBA is just not going to say, hey, yeah, come on in without charging them an expansion fee. Correct. Which they can't they afford. To- because they got to split what their money it will bring some extra money into the league, not a ton. And then they have to split their one thirtieth share of the money into a 31st of a share. Mm-hmm. So they have to make up for that somehow, which is why there's a big expansion fee. Yeah. So they wouldn't, and they wouldn't play in Harlem because I'm sure the Knicks and the Nets would have a problem with that. And I don't know if they've got some kind of uh, territorial rights. I think so. I, I, I don't know. I mean, Nets, if I remember correctly, when they joined from the ABA, had to pay the Knicks yes. money in order to join the league, like two million bucks or something. Yeah, pretty much give up Irving. Sorry, didn't I, I think they had to give up uh, Julius Irving in some capacity? Oh no, they had, they, they had to trade him to 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 afford it. To afford it, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I didn't research that part in great, greater depth because, frankly, it doesn't matter. So, like, who really benefits from this when it comes right down to it? The players of the Globetrotters? No. Right. Because not a single one of them is good enough to play in the NBA. How do I know this? Because they're not playing in the NBA. <laughs> that's how I know. I, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. So who owns them? I looked this up. I, I might be off on the name. I'm not going to look it up because I really don't give a shit. Uh, Hirschfeld or Hirsch something Family Entertainment. They own a ton of amusement parks. Dolly were Dollywood being a big big one of them. I thought Dolly owned it, but I guess she's only a, a part owner in that. I'm pretty sure with the pandemic, I don't know how amusement parks are going in the US, but here in Barbados, of course there aren't any, it isn't going too well. Didn't have a good 2020. They're not a publicly traded company, so I couldn't look at their stocks. But I am so I'm thinking you're trying to sort of like build off like this would be sort of even, well, they didn't say it, but they didn't have to say it. We're trying to do something great here for a black-based sport. Although my understanding is it was actually owned by Abe S- S- Saperstein, but right, neither here nor there. I mean, right, but th- that's yeah. I mean, he was one who owned it, but it he may have been the owner, but it was certainly an African American haven uh, at a time when sure. it wasn't necessarily yeah. Right. So we're benefiting these guys. 
the Hirschfelds, 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 whatever, whatever the hell they are. I looked what they look like. They're, they don't look like the Globetrotters. I'll leave it at that. So what are we really talking about? A family that's trying to maybe sell off an asset? Mm-hmm. That maybe someone else can try and make this pitch? The, the whole thing just really bothered me. Maybe, I don't know why it bothered me. It just did. Maybe it also bothered me that nobody else picked up on this. He's not that I could see. Why, yeah. why even, like, uh, so many news outlets that were even bothered retweeting this. Why? It can't possibly happen. And if it should, not with these owners. Yeah, and it, it, this does seem like nothing more than a money grab and, you, and trying to leverage the historical nature of the team in order to maximize your profit. It's, it's a Hail Mary. Mm-hmm. It's a Hail well, Mary. Because the NBA is talking expansion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, unless I'm very much mistaken, they will have a team in Seattle and a team in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably uh, what will happen. I here. mean, maybe Kansas city. Uh, but that's what, I mean, the, 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 the other major cities that don't have one at this point are like Pittsburgh, Buffalo, mm-hmm. Cincinnati, Columbus, like the rust belt. So it's pretty much those two cities that make in the Western conference move Minnesota or Memphis, probably Minnesota to the East and you're all set. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's like this is one of those things that i that and maybe when i look at sports media like why even give this ink all you have to do is think about this for two minutes and know that this cannot possibly happen you, and you question why they even put this out in the first place you've answered your question because nobody thinks about anything for more than five seconds yeah yeah i guess i did i guess i did but uh, I, I agree. I agree with you on this rant because there's no way it's going to happen, and the only way, it, only way that, the only people who benefit are the people on the team, and that like it doesn't benefit the players. They're all going to be out of jobs. All of them. So every single one of them, probably a lot of people in that front office, who are yeah. not equipped to doing what to do in an NBA team. Yeah, I will say though, I am friends with Globy, the Harlem Globetrotters mascot. Uh, I know okay. I know an inordinate number of mascots, honestly, uh, and uh, I think he'd be very excited because he he's always wanted to be an NBA mascot, and he would officially get the job, I guess. So this would have been a, an idea for 1980. Oh, great! Yeah, that would have been a great idea right then. Uh, New York was, I think, recovering. Well, the Nets were playing in New Jersey at that time, so you could have done something there. They, they were Come still on, a just, big just make, just make them the Hartford Globetrotters. Everything would have been fine. Sweet Georgia Brown. What would be the theme song? Uh, I don't know if Connecticut has ever encouraged anyone to sing. I, I, as someone from the East Coast, I, we always call Connecticut the state without a soul. So I'm not exactly sure. So they're new. Okay. So then their new, uh, their new mascot could be Don No Soul Simmons. I don't think anyone would get what the hell that is, but I have no idea what that is. Uh, Amazon Women on the Moon, played by David uh, Allen Greer. Okay. Uh, yes. Don No Soul Simmons. Nobody listens to understand. It's that. been a minute since I've seen Amazon Women on the Moon. I believe I was in third grade or maybe fourth. And my buddy, <laughs> at my buddy Dave Van Aken's house. I think we watched that and Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid on the same day. Never saw that. It looked so stupid. It wasn't good. I'm sure it wasn't. So I guess from that sort of ends my rant. Uh, 
which was, I have to say that was they was were fairly well thought out, not at all unhinged. I'm I'm impressed. Good job. Yeah, usually I'm getting pretty unhinged on these, aren't I? Yeah, but no, that was more like a well-reasoned essay than an actual rant. So I liked it. <laughs> Which is that, better. When I'm that, that was that was more sports reporters than like uh, first take. Okay, so I don't know if I'm growing or regressing in what sort of like people want to hear from me. I don't know. Sports reporters. So there you go. Uh, I guess we'll just sort of like do what we've been doing all the time. I'll just continue going with elevator up, elevator down, and then you can. Well, start- why, why, why don't I take out the? Uh, we have a very short. Uh, oh yeah, okay, let's do that. Why don't I take that out to start? Um, so uh, this week, like I said, very very short death march. Um, we so I'll start in football. Uh, for Doc Allen passed away. Um, Doc Allen, member of the uh, the Houston Oilers. Uh, defense in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, they were known as the, um, I'm trying to remember, what was the name of their their backfield? I can't think of it right now. It's a doomsday defense? Or am Doom- I no, 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 not doomsday. It was the, uh, give me a second. I think of it. House of Pain. So uh, one of the members of the House of Pain defense, uh, Patrick Allen, passed away at the age of 59. His body was found, but there was no evidence as to exactly what happened. There's an autopsy coming, but he passed away at the age of 59. Um, we lost uh, a stunt performer, a member of the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest dirt to dirt motorcycle ramp jump. He was trying, he was practicing for it. Alex Harville passed away at the age of 28 while attempting his jump. Um, he was trying to set the all-time record, which is the previous record is 351 feet. Um, and he was trying to, he was practicing his jump and, uh, crashed and didn't make it and died of, uh, massive trauma. Let's just put it that way. So, um, not, not surprising for folks like that, but we don't have that many evil, clean, evil type daredevils left anymore. So, no, no, I mean, they're all probably into, uh, motors. There's so many regular things they can go into. Yeah. Uh, just like, uh, skating, daredevil, other things or jackass. Yeah, jackass, I suppose. Um, from the world of acting, we lost a couple of minor characters, some stuff. I don't know. Were you a big Doctor Who person? No. Uh, okay. Other than the theme song, I, I just thought it was like one of the best theme songs ever done. And then once the show started, I thought the production was terrible. And I never watched this in any episode. Fair enough. Um, well, one of the companions passed away, Dodo, who is one, his, the third companion, uh, or the companion from the third season of Doctor Who. So if you ever watched old ones, uh, Jackie, uh, Jackie Lane passed away at the age of 86 earlier this week. And of course, uh, from Frank, uh, from Frank Bonner from WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah. best known as Herb Tarlick. Oh man. Passed away at the age of 79. I love so, WKRP. WKRP is highly, highly underrated. I mean, all the only, all anyone talks about now is, is the turkeys the turkey thanksgiving episode um there's so many other great episodes there's so many other great episodes that one another one that's completely underrated these days uh the, which was hilarious is barney miller do you ever see barney miller you know uh i i didn't uh i mean i'm certainly aware of it uh that wasn't watched in the buckner household mm. and for whatever reason i where when i was growing up in the in the toronto area i don't remember the local channels running that a lot in syndication 
Whereas KRP was right. Like that was like, I'd get home from school. I think for at least a good two years of my life, maybe longer. Uh, there was the KRP rerun. I think they showed at four, four or five. I, re- I always remember this with that weird e- intro where they, but they were making no sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah. Barney Miller, just by the way, not that that's what we're talking about, but Barney Miller was like pretty much the, um, the show that set up Night Court in a way, like they're very much the same sort of sense of humor, although without John LaRoquette's uh, sexual deviancy to, to drag it along. But uh, Barney Miller is another great one. WKRP in Cincinnati, uh, Soap, Benson, they're a whole bunch from that era that were pretty good. Yeah. So, and then there were a whole bunch that were very, very terrible. So, but that, that one's pretty good. But anyway, rest in peace, Herb Parlick. Uh, passed away at the age of 79. And then the only other sport we lost people from, we lost three people from the NHL this week. Um, three, starting, with, starting with Howie Glover, uh, who was uh, played for the Blackhawks, Red Wings, Rangers, and Canadians from 58 to 69. Mm-hmm. Member of the Greater Cleveland Sports Hall of Fame. Hmm. Um, but he played 144 games and only had 46 points. Uh, he was one of the top goal scorers, though, in the history of the of – the, um, AHL and uh, still holds a uh, record for the Cleveland Barons all time single season scoring, but he passed away at the age of 86. Uh, we lost Rene Robert, uh, hockey yeah. winger for the Maple Leafs, Penguins, Sabres, and Colorado Rockies. He played from 70 to 82. Yeah. He was uh, 72 when he passed away. Uh, he was, I guess, most importantly, after he retired. I mean, he played some, he played 744 games at 702 points. Not a Hall of connection. Family. I'm sorry. Part of the French, yeah, part of the Sabers' uh, best line of the '70s. Right. Uh, yeah, the French connection was him. Uh, Hall of Famer Gilbert Perrault and uh, Rick Martin. Rick, uh, Rick Martin. Rick Martin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, Martin. So member of the uh, member of the uh, French connection, but he also after he retired, he was the um, president of the nhl alumni association for a long period of time but he his number 14 has been retired by the sabers Mm -hmm. he was elected the sabers hall of fame with perot and martin in 1989 his number is retired 95 along with rick martin's number um so uh perot's number is retired 1990 uh but yeah he um he passed away at the age of 79 that was a really really huge uh, yeah for that team uh a lot of people don't remember uh, Sabres made it to the Stanley cup finals with, with that, those three pretty much uh, carrying the way. Yep. It's it a 75. Yeah. I think the yeah. flyers like thumped the crap out of them, but still. That was the last flyers championship too. Mm-hmm. Amazingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he was a two-time all-star as well. So. And um, the most importantly to my watching hockey growing up, I actually missed this originally when he passed. Uh, Tom Curvers passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so played for, he was a member of the uh, 86, the last, I'm sorry, not the last, the uh, second to last Canadians team to win the Stanley Cup in 1986. Uh, who knows? They may win the Stanley Cup this year. They're still going. So, um, but he played for the Canadians, Sabres, Devils, Leafs, Canucks, Islanders, and the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. Uh, draft 145th overall by the Canadians. Uh, defender. Uh, he uh, 
appeared in 659 games at 421 points and was in 57 playoff games. Uh, then later became uh, the radio commentator for the Coyotes. So, do you have any Tom Coyotes memories? No, no. I remember he was a pretty high draft pick. I think that was like one of the few times I remember watching the drafts with my uncles. Well, he, he was pick 145, so you guys would have been a few. Oh, uh, shit, then, I, then I'll, I'm confusing him with someone else. So, okay, yeah. my Tom Kerber's memory is wrong. So I have no <laughs> good Tom Kerber's memories. So My, my, my Tom Kerber's memories is I my favorite game as a high schooler was NHL 95. And uh, whenever I needed a easily available third-line defenseman, whenever whatever team I played, you could always trade for Tom Kerber's for the one season. So Tom Kerbers was almost always on my team, uh, whatever he did. So anyway, uh, he was only 59. Uh, he passed away, or 58, actually. He passed away from uh, non-small cell lung cancer. So Oof. things anyway, just and, that, too quick. and that's everybody I got. All right. So, so two weeks in a row or nothing. I don't want to say, I, I don't want to demean the people who we've lost, but there is sometimes where my God, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, they're 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 tough weeks. I was worried about every. Uh, there are a couple weeks at the beginning of the year. I was worried about everybody who ever wore the number forty four. Mm-hmm. So we lost. Yeah, we lost Aaron and Floyd Little and a few other people all at once. So Danny Ainge had to retire. So forty four. The curse of the forty four is still going. Well, so I guess we go to elevator up, elevator down. Uh, I have. A, I didn't actually have an elevator up. I mean, I could there. I could have picked from a few baseball players that I'm just going to hold off on. Uh, I could have done something from the playoffs in the NBA and, and, and NHL, but nothing stuck out that much. I, I will add a little bit of one for my elevator downs, but something just happened a few hours ago. And I, I don't, I'll have to apologize at a time. We, uh, Evan and I record this on Wednesday night. So this was sort of been making the rounds on Twitter. My elevator up is Britney Spears. Wow. Because she's going through her, uh, I guess her conservatorship. And I'm, and I apologize to people listening. I'm not a Britney expert at all, but this is my rudimentary understanding of it. Since she was in her mid twenties. So I believe in the last 13, 14 years, she is not allowed to make any decisions for herself. And so she made a 20, like literally any decision to the point of when she can see her kids, how much medication she can have. It is the strangest wow. thing I've, I've ever been aware of. Uh, there's a documentary on Hulu, uh, I think from New York Times about that sort of explains that a little bit more, far greater, better than anything I could possibly say. But long story short, we've gone from, we're looking at a pop princess now whose story and sympathy towards her has never really been higher. There's a lot of people who are now sort of like looking at her era and just reflecting on a lot of the joy that her music gave. Is it deep? No. Does a lot of it stand in its own way? Sure it does. Mm -hmm. If I go hit me baby one more time, you're not going to look at me, Evan, and say like, no, I'm like physically hit you. You're going to go bum, 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 bum. You know, like, you know it. We all, we all know a lot of this woman's tunes. Whitney Houston, when she got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is, and it brought in a whole other category to me of, and you brought this up before, of the mm-hmm. diva. Yeah. 
Right. And then, and then shortly thereafter, Tina Turner was in, who's not, who's one of the queen divas. And I, when, uh, when Richie Lautner keeps asking us for who all our predictions are for yeah. next year and everything, my next one I went to is Diana Ross. Could it be yeah. Cher? Sure. But Diana Ross is the next diva. Sure. Now, Brit- now Britney's sort of that different type of diva. Now, no one, I'm not ever going to say like, you know, when you hear Britney sing, you really hear a lot of Whitney in that. Of course you don't. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> right. But s- struggle. We love, I think as Americans, Canadians, just people in the West who are really inundated with pop culture, we love building someone up and we love tearing them down. Oh, we right, also right. love and, to build them back up again. Yeah, we, we love the redemption story in the back end too. Right. Yeah. And we've got one hell of one going on. There's going to be a lot of things coming out of this. I don't know what, I mean, there's a lot that came out now that I could read through. I'm not going to. Uh, there's a bunch of notes from a 24 minute speech that she gave during her, her hearing today. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a lot of people, myself included, rooting for it. Does this translate into a voting body? Does this translate into people who want to make these decisions as to, it doesn't hurt, it sure as hell helps. I would agree with that. And it's going to be interesting because I think this last Rock Hall class and the comments that came out afterwards, particularly from the president of the Rock Hall, mm-hmm. talking about how they are now defining rock um, as the music of the young people, what drives young people in America is really what it is. Now, I would, I would argue that rock is the type of music and roll is the, the soul of the music, right? The, okay, it's yeah. a letter, the letter of the law and the, and the, and the meaning of the law, right? Um, but if that's what they're using as a definition and they're going to get more and more away from just typical rock bands, which they seem to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, je- there's no, ch- I mean, Iron Maiden hasn't gotten in, uh, uh, like all, it took forever for Deep Purple to get in. Like all of yep. these rock bands, and I'm not talking the big hair rock bands, right? Mm-hmm. Although I'm still shocked that Motley Crue hasn't even been nominated at this right. point. Um, but like all of those type of, the more folks like Whitney Houston, and again, Tina Turner's our whole separate category. She should have been in on her own anyway. Mm-hmm. But if we end up getting uh, we end up getting a Diana Ross, which leads to Cher, which leads to Carly Simon, which leads to, I'm just like trying to work my way through the list, right? And getting up to there, by the time she gets there, she very well may be top of mind. Because I mean, Mariah Carey, right? There's another one. What, what are they going to do with Mariah Carey? What happens with, if Christina Aguilera comes out, because she can actually sing sure. very well. But Brady unlike- had the better career. In terms of in terms of chart success, she did chart success. Yes, in terms of the way people think about her, still right. But Christina Aguilera hasn't been really talked about other than showing up on The Voice for the last ten years. Britney has been front in mind for a lot of people. Now let's say she gets emancipated, which is so weird that we've got a 39, 40, I don't know how old she is. She's got to be close to my age. Yeah. yeah. So, and she's not Rock Hall eligible for a few years, but it's not that far away. No, it's not. It's 98, I think, is when her first album came out, right? So that would so. make her 2023. Yeah, and if, and if, and if not that, it's, it can't be 2024. 
So I could see happening. She gets her emancipation. Now she's, she's 39. She'll be 40 this year, okay. just by the way. And again, so like she gets her emancipation from her dad at 39. And after making him, it's the whole thing's disgusting. Wouldn't maybe some of the, cause Brittany isn't a songwriter, but I'm sure she can take her experience with some great songwriters. If, if everyone wants to see her succeed, is it not possible that someone can help her? Cause she can't do it on her own. Let's be blunt on that. Create some music that really sets all this out. Like when we look at Ricky Nelson, when he got in to the rock and roll hall of fame, did mm-hmm. he get in for some of the music he did when he was younger or was it garden party? You know, a song about when he got booed from the gardens because he, from the Madison square garden, because he didn't want to sort of like just do a bunch of oldie hits. Like that is when the critics look back at that, they, they point at that. Could Britney have like a garden party type moment? And I think there's going to be a lot of people to help her do that. Should she want to, I don't know what she wants to do. Interesting. And the, first was, the, the first person that came to mind when you actually just brought that up, it's not someone's any sort of hall of fame, mm-hmm. but do you remember Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback? What he did first? Yeah. Oh, what he did first? Yeah. Do you remember what he did first to get back? Uh, God, he had so many different comebacks. So the one, the one that really led to it sticking before Iron Man pre, pre Iron Man. Yeah. Pre Tropic uh, Thunder. Yeah. Cause I was thinking Tropic Thunder was after. Chaplin was when he was at his worst, but he still had it. I'll I'll just tell you, because you're thinking the wrong way. It was a music video for Elton John. So there's a music video for Elton John called I Want Love, the song that Elton John recorded. It's just Robert Downey Jr. walking around a big empty mansion, lip syncing to the words, I want love, but it's impossible. Man like me, so irresponsible. Man like me is bent in places. Other men feel liberated. Like just going through this whole thing. It was almost like an open confession mm-hmm. of everything he did wrong. And he did that. He had been nowhere. Elton John threw him a lifeline. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden after that, it was almost like a people in Hollywood are like, oh yeah, remember Robert Downey Jr.? We should give him another shot. But it's like someone threw him a lifeline to get him going into everything else. It's just the same sort of thing can happen. And it's not like, it's not like right now, I could tell you right now on, on WXRT out here in Chicago, there are brand new songs being played from the Counting Crows and the Wallflowers. They both released new albums and their new songs are new singles are in heavy rotation on XRT out here. Now XRT is a different sort of radio station, but I mean, if they're getting airtime and, and I'll be honest, so the, both of the songs are fine. Uh, the County Crow song sounds very much like a country song. Um, but if they can get airtime, there's no reason Britney, who is significantly more popular than either of those mm-hmm. groups, can't get airtime. And people want her to succeed. I mean, and I, I put myself in that category. I never gave a shit about her. I mean, I thought some of her tunes were catchy, but I mean, when she had her meltdown, she, you know, shaved her head, just was like, man. I mean, was it entertaining to go check that out on a, gossip sites yeah feel a little dirty about it felt dirty then but yeah. I, I i'm not saying i'm above it i'm not i'll I say it I now i'll say it again her song toxic is one of my absolute favorite songs of the night late 90s early 2000s i just freaking love that song anytime it comes on i just love the song toxic so yeah. so here's a woman who 
a lot we all want to see come back have, have a, this amazing comeback and it's weird to say have a comeback when she was still making millions just set on on a residency in vegas i think mm-hmm. yeah but th- that, but, that, but who was she making the millions for <laughs> not herself but yeah that's my that's my elevator up. The elevator down far more. Uh, that, that, that was it. Sorry, I just want to say that's a very interesting elevator up. I like it. I was wondering if you're going to go like Trey Young or Chris Paul or someone. Eventually, I'm I'm saving that because I want to see what's sort of going to happen. Trey Young would have been an easy one, especially. There, I, I'm I'm going to call it Atlanta won tonight. Atlanta is going. Oh, did, to okay, I I didn't. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, sorry if I ruined. No, this I did, I'm not. I did, I'm not. I didn't record it. So. Atlanta is going. You ready for this? Atlanta is going to sweep the Bucks. They're going to sweep them. In- at this, yeah. And, uh, at this point, uh, the series I want to watch. Actually, yeah, I'll say this before I do my elevator down. I, I want to see, and I think this would be the best thing for the NBA. Uh, Bucks versus Suns. Okay. Uh, because you've got two stars, and in Devin Booker and uh, Trey Young. Cupo. Yeah. Hmm? And who? No, Devin Booker from Phoenix, and yeah. then Trey Young for Atlanta. Did I say Bucks? Oh, I oh you, you, you said Milwaukee. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Hawks. Oh, I apologize. Hawks, okay. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, Giannis is as big a star as he's going to get. Uh, I don't, he, they should market the hell up. Maybe they don't because he's Greek. He he needs a championship, though, on his resume more than there, there is. I mean, but he's, he's already, he's probably already a Hall of Famer. Uh, but he is, sure. in order to go using Bill Simmons, you know, levels of the Hall of Fame, he, if he gets a championship, he can move up a whole level. Right, but I'm talking around about marketing. You're, yeah, I understand. Yeah, so they've marketed Gian- Giannis isn't going to be any bigger. Even if he wins a title, is he going to be a bigger star than he is now? Probably not. So you've got two young guys in Booker and Trey, uh, both under 25, both exciting players to watch. Mm-hmm. And some of your older both players. Both completely unafraid of anything. Right. These are your two guys that you market the hell out of. And I hope they do. And I think they will. So you, and they need this. They need superstars under 25. They do. And there's a lot of hope for Zion being that guy. He's not going to be that guy because he's going to get the, the snot beaten out of him. Right. He's going to break down early. I yeah, love Zion. I, mean, I love watching him play. I mean, this looking, looking around the league, I mean, you got, you got Luca, you mm-hmm. got Tatum. I right. Mean, but, but, there are a bunch but of Luca's, yeah. Luca's got the same problem that Giannis has. He, same with Jokic, although Jokic, I believe, is over 25. But yeah, it's still an American league. Fair enough. And fair enough. As much as you and I see things on we're fans anyway, we're gonna be watching no matter who's playing. Mm-hmm. They need people who like, oh, uh, I'll I'll watch because this so-and-so is playing. Mm-hmm. You need you need another person like that. Sorry, before you get your elevator down, can I just ask you one quick trivia question? The answer is four. The answer is not four. Um, uh, The the answer is actually 43. Uh, But anyway, uh, so the two teams with the longest droughts to get into the conference championship, conference finals in the NBA, Uh were the Atlanta Hawks and the the, um, Los Angeles Clippers. So they had, they were, the Clippers had never made the Hawks have been a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the two of them are now in the conference finals. What team currently has the longest drought in the NBA 
mm-hmm. for not having made the conference finals. And I'll tell you, it's 43 years. Hence the answer is 43. So let's see, it's 2021, 81, carry the four. Um, so it's been 78. Portland. No, nope. Portland was in the finals. Uh, Kevin Duckworth and Clyde yeah. Drexler and all yeah. those guys. I think I got the right year. You do have the right year. Who did, who did Portland play? No, wait. They didn't. 78 wasn't Portland. Was that Portland's championship? I can't remember. I, I just remember who lost it. Portland and Seattle. Seattle. I think it's. I think that was Seattle's championship. But I don't remember who either played. Let's see. It's a conference championship. Well, Knicks have been the one. Yep. Uh, so it's not the Knicks. Not the Pacers. The Pacers don't give me. It's not the Pacers. No, Reggie Miller. So the they 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 lost to the Bulls in uh, Jordan era. So not the well, no, because the Bucks won it in in the early seven. Well, what the Bucks? It's not the Bucks. Globetrotters. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Sort of same colors. The Washington Wizards. Oh, have not made the cut, and you want to know what's even more shocking than that? Mm-hmm. Since 1978, the Wizards have not won 50 games in a season. Going 50 and 32. Think of like the Gilbert Arenas teams, uh, Antoine Jameson, like all those guys. They have never won 50 in my entire life. The Washington Wizards, knee bullets, have never won 50 games in a season. 50 out of 82. Oh, that's crazy. That's insane. Anyway, go to your elevator down. I okay. object. Well, no, no, it's good. I'm upset at myself. I couldn't get that. Uh, mine's pretty easy. I think a lot of people have been watching the the uh, the implode. I don't want to call it an implosion. They were just outplayed. Partly, the uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Embiid. I could have easily easily said elevator up. He did everything he could. If he played ten more games this regular season, he would have been the MVP. I, I really believe that. I don't like I Jokic was the league MVP, he was my MVP, but mostly because Joel Embiid and to a lesser degree LeBron James both got hurt and didn't have that full season. So if I go by an MVP, I mean a regular season MVP. But I got two three people on that Sixers. Ben Simmons, who is a three-time all-star now, mm-hmm. two-time first team all def- all defensive player. Mm-hmm. had a good defensive series but he, he was afraid to shoot ben simmons he took four, he took four shots in the in the fourth quarter and yeah. those set in that seven game series total four total in that seven game series he punked himself he's in his own head very much so and now, playing for a city in a city like philadelphia is not going to help Ben Simmons. See, I I wonder about that because remember what happened to Markel Fultz? Does anyone? I don't think Markel Fultz remembers what happened to Markel Fultz. But my point though is they're both like it's two Philly players who came in very highly touted. Now, granted, yeah. Simmons has had a much better career than Fultz did. Absolutely. But just all of a sudden couldn't shoot anymore. I just don't know if there's something going on in the water there in Philly. It, it's he got in his own head. Simmons is in his own head. When he was playing defense, he's still comfortable. Mm-hmm. But when he when it was offense, it's like no, I don't want the ball. It's like we just talked about Herb Tarlick, right? 
one of my one of my favorite WKRP episodes. I'm really man. I'm really going deep dive on this one. Was the baseball episode, and it's Les Nesman who fought, who never got to play baseball, and he's playing baseball, and they, they put him in right field, and he's and uh, after he failed as a pitcher, failed at first, failed at third, da 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 da, da. and then he actually makes the, the saving catch to win the game over the dreaded WPIG. But right before that, the ball comes to him. He's going, please, Lord, don't hit, don't, don't hit, don't hit it to me, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons is now less Nesman when it comes time to shoot. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, I don't want it. He's in his own head. Something is there. A pile of people in Philadelphia want him gone, and that's not going to go away. And he has played his last game for the Sixers, I'm pretty sure. It's very well possible. It's very well possible. And this could be the best thing for him. Or at the same time, it's like, okay, you, you're going to have to make a tough situation if you're going to be a superstar in the NBA. What have you got? You're well under 25. There's a lot, And he's not going to be playing for the Australian team, apparently. So he's not going to help the, his international mm-hmm. cause. But ben yeah. Simmons took a major step back, as did two other Sixers. I'm going to say, and to a much lesser degree. Well, I, actually, I'm not going to say one took a step back. He's going in anyway. Doc Rivers. Because mm-hmm. once again, he had a talented team that didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he did make some questionable decisions on having Danny Green play defense in any capacity against Trey Young and that. And it's like, it, we all saw what was going on. Like, what are you doing? But I can't even pronounce the guy's last name. No, don't, don't, don't feel bad. The Bucks just put Bobby Portis at center in an effort to try and stop Trey Young tonight, and that did not work. <laughs> but, but here we have Doc again. It also doesn't help either that the team he had, the Clippers, now made their first conference final. And, um, Doc's going to get in because he's going to compile win after win after win after win. He's going to be just fine when it comes to this, but... Does this not delay it a year or two? It certainly would put doubt in my mind. Yeah, I mean, he has the one championship with the Celtics. They should have won in, well, 09, they should have, they had a chance to win, but Garnett got hurt. 2010, they should have won that series, mm-hmm. uh, except for that ridiculous Artest shot. Uh, not, uh, sorry, a Meta World Peace shot, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but he's also had more 3-1 losses as a coach. I think in the history of the NBA, there's only like yeah. 22 of them or something. And he's got like six. You know, and at some point, because there are questionable things I'm watching, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. So there's that. And uh, this is really petty on my part. I don't think he was ever going to be considered as an executive anyway, although I love the way Adam Silver stuck up for him. Uh, that's Daryl Morey said something today yesterday or is it today that i thought was really interesting uh more is the gm of that, of that team you ever see a god i'm going way back and for all these obscure references you ever see the tony danza led film she's out of control i know no did we're fun i have to ask this question though did he play a character named tony i don't remember because tony danza can only play characters named tony because that's he can't remember unless that's his name he, 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 he doesn't answer did. I, I won't go into my Tony Dan's impression. I'm sure I've already done this on the show. Yeah, I will. I'll do it again. Samantha! <laughs> Angela! Mona! That's it. That's all I got. Anyway, he said, he said, some, and he said something today, or sorry, Maury said something today that reminded me of something that Tony Danza's character said in that. And Tony Danza played, coincidentally enough, uh, 
a program director or a general manager at a radio station. Wow, that, that radio station was hurting for talent. Yes, yeah, because I mean, if, if I think of like what radio I want, I trust Tony Danza. Mm -hmm. And the film, Tony, Dan I don't remember this, I don't know. This is the only line of the movie I remember. But Tony Danza's daughter was the one who was out of control. And, it, and he wasn't focusing on his job at the radio station. And then they kept going down, 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 down in the, in the ratings in LA. So they went from like six to 10. I don't know what it was, but it was like, and then every time that like the boss would say, hey, there's like 40 other stations that would love to be number 41. Daryl Morey today said, well, there's 25 or 26 yeah. other teams that would love to be where we are. Uh-huh. And I don't know why it just made me think of Tony Danza. It, it, it reminded it reminded me of uh, in the late '90s when the Red Sox uh, got passed by the Yankees and the, they ended up missing. I think I remember they missed the playoffs and made the wild card that year. And uh, Dan Duquette came out and said, "Yeah, but we spent more days in first place." Yeah, Great. It, it, it's a lot <laughs> like that, and it's. I know it's it's like trying to find a win where there isn't one it, it's the nba you can turn shit around so fast right no there's not 25 or 26 other teams in the nba that would like to be you there's not there just isn't maybe the owners of the harlem globetrotters would love to be you there is an answer there yeah one team for sure before we finish though think about here's a random question if Harlem, Harlem, I should have asked this before. If Harlem sort of like would become that, like what, what is their ranking right now? If we were to do like a world ranking of actual club teams, would the Globetrotters even be top 500? In terms of talent of the players? Yeah. If there was like a best of I'm, tournament, like. I'm, I'm, I'm sure they'd be top 500. The, the European leagues have gotten a hell of a lot better. I can't say I've watched a ton of it, so. But 500 is a big number. It, it is a big number. And there's five, and there's and there's so many other teams that would love to be in the top 500. <laughs> Pull me closer, Tony Danz. I knew, I knew it. <laughs> I've been trying not to say it for so long. <laughs> and you anyway. say you don't watch Friends. Uh, yeah. So anyway. All right, so uh, that's your elevator up and down, huh? That is my elevator up and my elevator down. All right, so I guess it's time for me to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. Um, <laughs> anyway, all right, so there, I have, a, I have one good I really want to go into, but I do think I should mention one thing quickly, uh, only because it's historic, even though... It was met with largely collective shrug, which is, I think, is actually pretty nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Carl Nassib uh, came out, uh, who's a uh, place for the he's a line defensive lineman, I guess, defensive lineman slash linebacker. Um, went to Penn State. You know, he was the uh, Ted Hendricks Award winner, uh, Lombardi Award winner, unanimous All American, all that stuff at Penn State. He's had an he's had a solid NFL career, but he he plays for the Raiders. He came out as the first openly gay active player in NFL history. Now, of course, Michael Sam 
was gay at the university, uh, came out as gay at the University of Missouri and was drafted, but never actually made a roster. Right. So, uh, Nasib was the first to officially come out. I guarantee you he won't be the last. No. He came out in a very interesting way, or I think in a good way. He's just like, hey, I just want to let everyone know I'm gay. The only reason I'm doing this is so that other people could see that there are people out there like them and for causes anything. And they gave $100,000 to the Trevor Project, which helps our youth who are coming out uh, not commit suicide. It's basically a suicide helpline for mm. youth like that. And, and, and he's just like, I'm not going to be taking more questions on this. It's really not that important. I just wanted it out there. And, awesome. you know, to, to your point, though, when you said it's like a collective shrug. Uh, so when that came out, I, I, I thought, okay, this is surely going to rock. I don't know. I spend way too much on Twitter, even though I don't tweet very much, but I do sort of like follow trends and whatnot just to see what people are talking about. At least where my, my thing is configured and I, I've got it set worldwide. I think I do anyway. It, it never made the top, it never made the top four. I only saw it go like hit as high as number five, mm-hmm. which basically means it, it's like, eh, that's what pretty much most people said. Uh, which, which is very different than it would have been even five years ago. But I think also not necessarily because of the players, but more because of us, the media, the people asking questions. Michael Sam choked because he couldn't handle it. He thought he could, and he got in, and talked about people getting in his own head. Michael Sam got in his own head. Michael Sam had a lot of help. And I, I know that the Indianapolis Colts are my favorite whipping boy. In terms of a lot of things, but Tony Dungy came out and basically said that he would never have drafted Michael Sam, regardless how good he is, because he would be a distraction to the team and he wouldn't want that around. Which turned out and, to be true, though. To be fair, fine, but this is the same guy who defended Adrian Peterson. That's also true. So that was 2014. Just by the way, mm-hmm. when when all that happened, right? So we're talking seven years ago. So seven years ago, it was such an issue. And, then, and again, we've had other players who have come out since they left the NFL. They were gay during their time in the NFL. Well, they're gay. And they were in the NFL but didn't come out until afterwards because they didn't think that locker rooms were ready for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just seven years ago, Tony Dungy went on and a whole bunch of people agreed with him that just the, some guy's sexuality was a massive distraction to the team. And now, seven years later, everyone's like, we care why? Yeah, and let's likely most of his teammates knew already and, and didn't care. Probably. Uh, I, I read something actually when I was prepping for uh, this classic sports review, a little blatant self promotion of another show that I do. It's a classic sports review. We look at classic sports moments and sports games. Evan's going to be part of the next one. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, though, we need a show, Nate, called Blatant Self Promotion. Just, just throwing that out there. I should. <laughs> I should. But the last one I did. Uh, again, special guest, I had a special guest star. I had a former Miami Dolphin seven time pro bowler, Richmond. What was on that? Who's an awesome dude. Absolutely. And we looked at, uh, the Oilers, uh, fall against the Buffalo bills and that wild card game. Yeah. And while I was doing all the research from that, it was, I found an oral history of that and might've been one of the Oilers. I think it was Moon who said it. Like, because he talked about stuff that happened afterwards that sort of led to uh, who's who was that? Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Buddy Ryan. Thank you. It sort of led to him sort of coming in and all the all the other drama that came afterwards. 
and they said like and they were talking like we had a we had a really cohesive team i mean we we had two gay guys there and look we didn't care we would have sort of sneak off or and then it sort of came up again uh warren moon mentioned that in a reddit i don't know if you met didn't read it but it sort of got picked up or i guess warren moon said you know congrats for living i guess you're true i don't know i don't remember what he said and then it, it, it came back up again but i remember like i just read it two weeks ago on something that came it would have been published this is oral history a few years ago Play, different players have different points on that now tim hardaway as we know had a different mm -hmm. opinion then and has changed and he uh, has changed and and, and 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 has legitimately made concrete steps to show that he has changed sure. and different locker rooms in different eras so like certainly it's not a monolith uh i think you and i talked about glenn burke the mm -hmm. the, the former baseball player who wasn't out, but I mean, all his teammates in Los Angeles didn't kind of figured, but it didn't, wasn't really a distraction. It was for Tommy Lasorda, but for the most part, it wasn't as big a deal, but when he got traded Oakland, it was. Mm -hmm. And it, and it, it, metaphorically, it kind of killed him, killed his career for sure anyway. Uh, anyway, so we go here and like, he's, like you said, I mean, most people don't care. This is not, if, if I'm a Raiders fan, okay, does this affect my team? No? All right. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Like, does anybody yeah. give a shit? At, and the, the, the fact that the answer to that is no shows a seismic change mm -hmm. over the past half decade is all I'm saying. Yeah. So. So I, 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 it, that wasn't even my good. I just wanted to mention it because it's yeah. something that happened this week, but it was just, okay, great. Let's move on. Nobody, and nobody cares. And maybe it's because, no offense to Carl Massey, but he's a little bit, maybe it's just because he's a little bit unknown. Like he's not, he's a good player, but he's yeah. not like, it's not like, I mean, yeah. like Tom Brady came out. You know what I mean? It's not like. That'd be interesting. Yeah. That would go. Uh, I mean, I, I, just, I was just picking. I was just picking the most famous person in the NFL I could think of, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's not like that. So who knows? But anyway, so the thing I want to go into for my good this week, and it happened today, was, and I know we've I talk a lot about soccer, but I have to just say how fun the Euro oh, was yeah. today, particularly oh. the Group of Death. Now, Group E happened, and Spain, Spain beat Slovakia five to nothing on two own goals, including I know we talked about own goal Haiti Canada. Yep. The own goal in Spain, Slovakia today, where all the goalie had to do is tip it over the bar. And instead, he like volleyball spiked it into his own goal. Um, yeah, yeah that, that wasn't good. Uh, Poland, Sweden was a ridiculous game uh, with Sweden winning at the very end. But the group of death, as we called it, going in, I joked, would Hungary score any goals? And uh, turns out they did. Uh, what, five minutes away from advancing. They're five minutes away from advancing. That was the thing about today and why it was so great. So, so it came in, France had four points, Portugal had three, Germany had three, Hungary had one when we came in today. Mm -hmm. And Portugal scores the first goal. So now they're advancing, France is advancing, Hungary, Germany's advancing, Hungary's out, right? Then Hungary scores. So yeah. now Portugal's advancing, Hungary's advancing, advancing or France is uh, Hungary's advancing France is advancing Germany's not then France scores and it was just like back and forth and back and forth and Hungary was up two to one in the 84th minute when Germany scored to tie it two to two and Germany went from being out to uh 
let me let me put it in the words of Roger Bennett here. I'm stealing this from uh, Roger Bennett from Men and Blazers. As the old adage goes, football is a simple game. 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes, and at the end, the Germans rescue a point, scrape through the group of death, and face England. <laughs> that, that might be the because I was watching that that too. Uh, I, from my last name, you may have gathered. I'm a fan of Germany. Uh, that's who I was certainly cheering for, and I was certainly very emotional watching it. But I think this is the first time I've ever watched anything and sort of had a, the UEFA thing that was sort of like doing live, just like the group thing would just sort of like go live. And that's sort of a new thing. I, I don't ever remember them sort of like doing like like if this sort of this game ended now. Here's where we're at. Yeah, they they do that, they do that the Premier League uh, like towards the end of the season with okay. uh, both the top and bottom, more of the drop points. In the bottom when we get to the end for that but yeah uh and finland was involved in this too because finland was the first so they uh four of the six third place teams make it fin- made it finland was the first team left out um but yeah it was it was crazy just going back and forth there's a chance that portugal if they if if portugal had lost that game three nothing um uh sorry if they lost that game yeah three nothing then finland would have advanced like the whole thing was just nuts and crazy and everything. And it was so emotional and fun that it was, uh, it was absolutely sports at its best. And I know we talk a lot of soccer here or I talk a lot of soccer here. Uh, I listen. And you listen and not appreciatively. Thank you very much. You silly Boca fan. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I know you're not actually a Boca fan. Uh, and um, yeah, but I just want to talk about how awesome that was. I'm really looking forward to the, uh, to the round of 16 there's some ridiculous matchups in that round including like i said england germany mm-hmm. uh, we got belgium and portugal like the number one team versus uh, the defending champions france switzerland's gonna be a great game croatia spain's gonna be a great game um even like wales denmark and sweden ukraine which aren't like the the teams you expect to win although wales was a semi-finalist last time around uh th- just all the games are so fun and, and see what's happening so like Belgium has just got a Belgium's number one team in the world. It looks like they're going to get there. They have to beat Portugal, Italy, France, and then that gets them the championship. That's a ridiculous route. Is that all? To have to get there. Yeah, it's all just Portugal, Italy, and France probably to get there. Or and if it's not France, it's going to be Spain. So I have to admit, I always cheer against Portugal in these tournaments. Not because I have anything against Portugal per se, but being in the Toronto, well, not anymore, but being in the Toronto area. Hey, hey. Portuguese fans. I'm talking about you people in here in, Can- in Canada specifically. Or maybe it might be that way in the U.S. I don't know. So you put on your Portuguese flag on the car, right? That's all great. World Cup. And then what happens when Portugal gets eliminated and Brazil's still there? All of a sudden you're Brazilian? I live in Toronto. There's not that many of you. <laughs> you think the people of Brazil care about you in Portugal? You think when that happens, if Brazil gets eliminated first, oh, now we're, we're going to fly the Portuguese flag? No. Sorry. I'm just done. I just wanted to go there. Wow. Well, to clear things up, Portuguese fans, I will have to say that uh, that uh, your your greatest player became the all time leading uh, goal scorer in in international soccer history. Cristiano Ronaldo had five goals in that group of death, scored against each one of the teams. Um, he's, the, he's currently the leader for most goals in this tournament. And he has one hundred nine for his career, giving making him number one all time in the history of international soccer. So we're saying he's good. He might not be. He might not be the worst. Might not be the worst. 
Sorry. I'm, I'm going to bring this down here for a minute. Did I, did I ever tell you about when I uh, got a Germany flag for, I forget whatever tournament it was? No. All right. So, so I, I picked up a Germany flag and then the guy said, okay, I want to shake your hand. I bought a flag. Like, okay. And as he's doing this, he says, yep. The reason I want to do that is because I'm from Palestine and we hate the same people. Oh, yeah. yeah, didn't put up the flag. <laughs> Couldn't do it. It's like, I'm, I didn't know what to say. It's like, I, I don't think I've ever, as people may have guessed, I'm generally not at a loss for words. I was at a loss for words. Yeah. I didn't know what to say. But that flag stayed in the back seat that entire time because I just. Well, all right. Well, ah, well, well, out of this. Yeah, let's go to the bad. Let's go from that to the bad. Um, so wow. for the for the bad, I would like to bring up um, uh, something that happened in the the Nationals Phillies game last night. Um, so the Nationals Phillies game last night, we're in the fifth inning, and for the third time, Joe Girardi asks the umpires to check Max Scherzer <laughs> for an illegal substance. They checked him in the third. They checked him in the fourth. They checked him in the fifth. Every time they came up empty. The last time he took off his hat and glove right away, undid his belt and was like, guys, I have nothing to hide, right? <laughs> Scherzer only pitched five innings. He struck out eight, gave up one run, or uh, I can't remember, one or two. Um, but it was just making the Phillies look kind of silly in that game. As Scherzer's walking back to the dugout, he just looking, just staring at, at uh, Girardi in the Phillies dugout. Girardi, who is one of the biggest fake tough guys in sports history. First of all, it's 75 degrees of Philadelphia and he's wearing a full hooded sweatshirt. So I'm not sure what he's hiding. But secondly, uh, so, secondly, he runs out and is like, what? Come here. Come on over. Like Scherzer's going to go charge him and he got thrown out of the game because of course he's a fake tough guy. Yep. There's no way Scherzer's ever going to walk over there. Uh, and so he doesn't worry how to fight and he's just hoping maybe Scherzer doesn't Scherzer gets thrown out too. Like Joe Girardi. And then Girardi afterwards said that he had never seen Scherzer like wipe his head. So his head was sweaty because it was a hot day. Right. So his head was sweaty. So he was like wiping his hair, putting his hat back on like, I don't know. I've seen 3000 people do before. And it's like, I've never seen him do that before. So I just want to make sure it's within the rules and whatever. Fuck you, Joe Girardi. <laughs> like you are def like, I understand cheating and I'm going to go into why fuck you, Joe Girardi in a second, but like, let's just talk about who you're doing this to. You're not doing this to anybody, just some random dude in MLB. You're doing this to max goddamn Scherzer. Who's probably a first battle hall of famer. Mm -hmm. You check him once, fine, gamesmanship. You check him a sec check him once, fine, maybe you know something. Check him second time, that's gamesmanship. You check him the third time, you're trying to defame his character at that point. Uh, have to agree. Just stop it. And I would like to ask you this question. Here's another trivia question for you. So you know there's a 10-game suspension for illegal subs, whatever now there's always been a 10 game suspension by the way they're just going to be enforcing it here mm -hmm. do you know who the last player suspended for a foreign substance was uh, last pitcher oh last pitcher i was going to guess george brett 
It's pine tar. Uh, it's pine tar again. And I remember watching this game. That should give you a hint as to there was against the Red Sox. No, I don't know. 2014, a pitcher named Michael Pineda, who now pitches up in hmm. the Twins, at that point was pitching for a team called the, uh, I believe it's the uh, New York Yankees. The coach of the New York Yankees that day. Oh, let's see. Let's see if I can. Can I guess this one and redeem myself? Well, hold on. Let, let, let me tell you what he said first, and then you can guess who it is. His direct quote after he got suspended. Now, you have to understand, Pineda is, has dark skin. And he had pine tar, just like a swath of it just here under like blatantly obvious, no. super obvious. Mm-hmm. Here's the quote. He's a young kid. I don't think he's trying to do anything to cheat. I think he's just trying to go out there and compete. He used bad judgment tonight. He'll admit to that. I'm not going to get mad at him. The kid's doing the best he can. He's trying to compete. He feels bad. He feels like he let his teammates down. But as I said to Michael, hey, this is a little bump. We'll get through this. We'll find a way to get you through this. He'll be back pitching before you know it. Who do you think his manager was who said that? Oh, let's see. Let's see. I'm going to guess it's Mr. Joe Girardi. It is Mr. Joe Girardi. Now, being from Boston, I know and a lot of us on the East coast know the fake, the little fake tough guys from New York. Now, granted, I know Girardi played for the Yankees coach Yankees, but he's actually from Illinois. He's actually from Peoria, Illinois. Uh, But we know a lot of those people, the guys who like fight. It's like, Hey, come on, let's fight. And then wait for their friends to jump in and save them. I've been that guy once. Joe Girardi is that his entire life. Which, which is like, strange because usually you don't get that from Italian Americans. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, Joe Girardi, come on, just stop it. Like, I, I get, I, again, I get the first one. I even maybe get the second one. The third one. And then his, his like, oh, I just, oh, it was so freaking weak. Just stop it. Bad of the week. Just he he sh- he should be embarrassed. And, and Mike Rizzo, the GM of the of the um, Nationals, came out today and said that it was embarrassing for Major League Baseball and embarrassing for the Phillies franchise today. Which is not something you ever hear a general manager say about another team. So, Joe Girardi, fake tough guy. Nice. All right. So, what's ugly? Ugly this week. It happened today again, uh, and I'm gonna start with something cool. So. You may not know, but there are seven openings for coaches in NBA coming okay, into the next. Was that many? Okay. There were seven, yeah. Uh, so the two teams that have been doing the most sniffing around here are the Celtics and the, and the Blazers. I'm pretty sure the Bla- they've been looking at the same people. I'm pretty sure the Blazers are going to hire Chauncey Billups the next couple of days, it looks like. Looks like, yeah. Uh, but the Celtics hired um, uh, Ife, uh, Iwe, sorry, Ime Adoku, excuse me. I'm getting, I'm getting used to the uh, – the name it's not one I'm familiar with, right? So he is the first coach who has African citizenship. He was born in the United States, but he played for Nigeria internationally. He has Nigerian and American citizenship. By the way, third third of my final trivia question for you. I got who, I got I got the third one right. I'm, I'm this is my chance to go 50-50. There you go. Here you go. Layup, Here, here's right. the question. There's only been one NBA coach ever. Born in Africa. To give you a hint, he is currently coaching now. Who is it? 
Jimmy Jimmy Nash. It's Steve Nash. It is Steve Nash. Very yeah. good. Steve Nash is yeah. born in South Africa. Africa. Yeah, yeah. But does not have South African citizenship. He has he has British and Canadian citizenship. Well, but he's British, technically British. the first coach born in okay. born in uh, Africa. So okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Steve Kerr is the first coach born in Lebanon. By the way. In the Middle East, I did not know he was born in Lebanon. He was born in Lebanon, anyway. Huh. Um, so so Adoku is the first coach born in Africa, and he was the 18th coach in the history of the, of the Celtics, mm -hmm. which is cool because we're going for ten, banner 18, right? So Jay Williams comes out and tweets today. We get his actual tweet here. This is the first head coach of color for the Celtics. Even and even more importantly, he's one talented individual who's paid his dues. Not the okay. second half, right? Yeah, I agree with the second half. All right. Now, I know Boston has a reputation. <laughs> and I will get, grant you that the Boston Red Sox are one of the most racist franchises in the history of sports. Okay. The history of the I'm not saying the Red Sox now, I'm saying historically. The Red Sox are one of the most racist franchise history of sports. They famously gave five-minute tryouts to both Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and said, we don't want you here. Okay? They're the last team to have a African-American player on them, and Tom Yockey is very famous being a racist jerk. Yeah. And, and, to, and to that point, one team was going to be last. There's, that's sort of like why we have the term dead last. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, this, this, wasn't, this wasn't like – like the, the, do you know what the last team to have an African American quarterback start for them in the NFL is? The Patriots were the second to last. Who was the last? Okay, so this, I feel like I should know this. Damn it, I'm going to now go under 500 at trivia. Brigham Young. <laughs> no, <laughs> the uh, NFL, my friend. Because um, I know that was actually broken this year or last year. Uh, yeah, so no, the last team was actually the New York Giants. Okay, I was actually Eli, Eli Manning's Eli Manning's streak was broken by Geno Smith. He had Geno Smith come in. God, I didn't even remember that. Yeah, Geno Smith was quarterback came in. That was made them the last team. The Patriots were not that much earlier. We had um, uh, Jacoby Brissett was our first African American QB. Now we've had Cam Newton, but I feel like that one the Patriots one was more. Wow. coincidental we had brady for a long time we had bloods for a long time with grogan yeah. we had like we had just a string of quarterbacks were there for a long time generally. Yeah. this is not a case of uh the patriots organization saying yeah you know what i'm, I'm just not I, I i'm not really sold on the idea of an african-american quarterback right the, the red sox were that organization right they were but the celtics are the complete opposite mm -hmm. of that. they're the first team ever to hire a, an african-american coach in any sport in in and in, in Bill Russell, yeah. they've only had eighteen coaches. Six of them have been African American now, including some guy who we mentioned earlier, Doc Rivers, who was coach of the Celtics when Jay Williams played against them. So that's I mean, great. So he screwed up. Whatever, I get it. Not my biggest issue with him. Here's my issue and why he makes the the ugly of the week. So this came up and he got rightfully ripped about it on Twitter. Like, hey, dude, this is another op. And think of people from Boston are convinced ESPN hates him. It was just, it's just more evidence yeah. that ESPN hates him, right? <laughs> um, and so here is his response after he deleted it. 
as it relates to the Boston Celtics tweets that came from my account a couple of hours ago, I did not post that, and my passcode has now been changed. So he wants us to believe that somebody hacked his account just to post an incorrect fact about the Boston Celtics coaching job and not like using it to say, hey, Boston is like just outright, just use the N-word about Boston. You're like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just so stupid and dumb. Just be like, you know what? I did that quickly. I didn't think about it. I knew better and move on. But the, the idea that he got hacked, and like all the comments underneath us are like, hi, everyone. I just want to say that I did this. I've dedicated the last three years of my life to hacking Jay Williams' Twitter account just so I could post one embarrassingly wrong tweet from his account about the coaching history of the Boston Celtics. Like, uh. that, that's what they all say under this. It's just dumb. Like, again, if you screw up, admit it and move on. We all eat an L. Yeah, just eat the L, Jay. You know, like it's it's not even that okay. It's it's embarrassing, and people will forget. In fact, if 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 he would have just done that, you we wouldn't be talking about it. I would have missed it completely because right. I only learned about it from you. Yeah, we just were like, oh, that was stupid or whatever. But yeah. like, it, it wouldn't have even come up. Like when you get me on the same side of an issue as as Whitlock, like that has to be pretty bad. I just have to say. So, uh, but yeah, it just, just take the L. And I would just also like to point out that not only have we had six coaches, three of them, have, well, we have the six one we just hired. Three of them have won championships with, with Russell, Casey Jones, and Doc. The other two, by the way, Sash Sanders, who uh, was coaching the, the interim period there in the 70s, and ML Carr, who was coached just to do the tank job uh, after Rick, after Rick Pitino, so we could all get uh, Tim Duncan. So it's that go-to. It's almost like part of a playbook, but usually it's after you got drunk and said something racist, right? You know, not uh, not like okay, I, I made an L or look, what, what was he? Was he worried about racism really quick here? Like I, I don't get it. Like this is it, not. But it, and it's also, but it, as as a Boston fan, it's also the go-to when anything having to do with race happens in Boston. I still remember. I still remember Tom Verducci. Had to be a decade ago at this point, talking about the Red Sox at the time didn't have any African American players because David Ortiz didn't count because he was Afro Caribbean and not actually African American, and therefore because of their history, they were still being racist. Uh. At the time, and I was just like, you were just like, we had Jacoby Ellsbury. We we're the only team with a Navajo player at the time. Does that mean the rest of the league was being racist against like Native Americans? It was just like, I didn't know he was like, every, every time there's anything that has anything remotely to do with race in Boston, it's just like the go to. And it may have just been a knee jerk reaction with that more than anything. Sometimes like, you'd like to think that we've progressed at the point where if you're a major league baseball gentleman or a general manager at any of the big four sports, if you're looking at what some what someone's skin color is at this point, what, what would be the I think the last prejudice that we really had from a GM would be that of a black quarterback. Yeah, I, I th and I think that's been like and that was not that long ago. And when I'm thinking of like Antoine Randall, I'm like oh, you're not going to make it as a QB kid, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, even though, even though he was like lighting everything up in the Big Ten. Yeah.
So I, I think that was sort of like the last time I'd like to make, and I could be proven wrong. I don't think I'm wrong, but. Yeah. I mean, and to think that like Theo Epstein was less like, Oh no, no black people. Like it was just, it was just dumb. But again, Boston, the Boston Celtics, Jay Williams, just in case you don't know, first team with African American coach, the first team with a starting five who is African American in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Honestly, Red Auerbach, the reason Red Auerbach was better than everybody else was he just took who was good and didn't really care. And yeah, what, what a strange idea, huh? It was weird. Like, it was, honestly, it was revolutionary in the 60s. And, like, it, like he, like, well, in the... Late, in, it was in the 50s, though, or no? It was in, well, yeah. I mean, he drafted uh, Heinsohn. Well, he drafted Heinsohn and... and uh, hmm. Uh, and uh, Russell together in the 58 draft. Okay. That was a pretty good draft. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, so we got Russell and Heinsohn together in the 58 draft. So, like, but he was the first guy who just was like, I, are these the best players? Yeah. Do I care what they look like? No. And that's why the Celtics were good in the 60s, because it took forever for everyone else to figure that out. Sometimes logic is not so logical, apparently. Uh, I, I guess that sort of ends our show this week. I do have something at least for next week for Ooh, sure. Well, that's not really that exciting, but the basketball list will be revised. Okay. Uh, there's actually a couple more people who, because basketball reference got a few things wrong. I actually had it right. I didn't even look at my own damn site <laughs> for who was eligible. Okay. So the, there's a seismic shift in the top 10. Okay. Well, so, a lot of people got in last year, so five out of the top ten, uh, yeah. including the top four. So that's going to be pretty much ready. So, well, I'm trying to guess. Your top four were Pierce, Bosch, Wallace. Who Who are your other top four before? Uh, Jesus, I just I just did all. I've just been working on all of this. Uh, ben Wallace. Paul Pierce is one. Chris Bosch was number two. Ben Wallace was number four. Why am I blanking on who, who was number three? I'll get it. Hold on. I'll tell you who is inducted and I'll figure it out in one second. Yeah. I just got to pull up. Uh, Weber. Weber. Jesus. And I've been, I've been hyping Weber since we started talking. My apologies. Uh, and Bob Dandridge at number 10. Okay. So I, I think right there might be a little early to t- talk about that, but if we had sort of a lull, we can sort of look at that because Oh my God, almost anyone could get in because there's not anything that's a Sherlock at all. Right. Well, he's I mean, I think we classic. talked about it. the top person is Joe Johnson, right? He's not. Oh, he's not? He's not. Who was the other person? Oh, was it? Oh. Um, oh, no, it was uh, Ma- Manu. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Manu and Joe Johnson, the only two I think who have a yeah. shot at all of making the hall. So, and I don't think Joe Johnson's ever going to make it, but I think Manu will. Yeah. So it's going to be. Very interesting because again, we've got it could be very, very certain. It could be almost like hockey hall of fame geek carbonal strange. And they could do a lot of interesting things with this because they're now they're timing this. I don't know in, in, in a nice way. I'm kind of giving up too much for next week, but we may not go in that much depth anyway. But I don't know if the financial situation in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame has changed. And I it's not like I have any inside knowledge. All I know is when you change the rules multiple times in the last few years, just so you could expedite inducting in Shaquille O'Neal in the Kobe Bryant class that we just had. 
Mm-hmm. So we went from six years to three years, just le- very quickly. You clearly need the money. And, yeah, and, and, and you just create a problem for yourself later on down the road. It is. And here we are already. So I hope whatever financial issues I'm pretty sure that they had, they took care of. I don't know. I have, I have no idea. I'd have no inside information. I'm just, pl- I'm just playing uh, from going from what I see. I don't think I'm wrong. Oh, here we go. Michael Cooper, Marquez Johnson, Tim Hardaway. Are, are we going to get down to, you know, Scott Skiles, like <laughs> <laughs> Brian Scalabrini, but no, Mark, Mark Price, come on down. Yeah. There's Togo Palazzi. There's not going to be a single name next year that's going to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to spend that thousand dollars to go make that trip to Springfield because I want to Springfield, see Springfield. It's a hell of a town, right? It just isn't there. So they don't, they don't have a monorail. Just by the way, you'll be monorail. There's no monorail there. Monorail. My favorite line from that is like the end. Uh, Leonard Nimoy. Well, my work here is that I didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> yep. But yeah, so that Bostonian. one. Yeah. So we. Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. He was the. Um, he grew up like three blocks from the Museum of Science in Cambridge. He was actually the voice of the Museum of Science there for decades. We were meant to do this all this time. I mean, Nimoy from your hometown, Shatner from my home country. Look at this. Like, how was well, I, I, I used to in the so, stars? Do you remember the old show, uh, Remote Control? Heard of it, didn't watch it. So it was an MTV game show, and they used to have different categories. And at one point, they had a category just called Dead or Alive where they had to tell the somebody was dead or alive. Yeah. And then they had dead alive or Canadian. Um, so, and I, and for a while when I did trivia stuff, I used to use Star Trek as a way of proving dead alive or Canadian. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, DeForest Kelly was born in Atlanta, Georgia. By that point had died. So he was dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Dewan, uh, who was uh, Scotty, who was born in Vancouver, had mm-hmm. also passed away at that point. So even though he was Canadian, he counted as dead. Whoa, whoa. Scotty was born in Vancouver. Yeah. He, he, he lost, he lost his ring finger on his right hand storming Juno beach during uh, D day. It was a bullet went straight, straight through and took this finger off. So he had a prosthetic that whole time. I don't know. I don't remember exactly what he had, but he lost a finger during uh, the storming of, of Juno beach. I didn't know that. Shit. Um, Shatner was born in Montreal. Mm-hmm. And is alive, so he's Canadian, and Nimoy was born in Boston. He was alive at the time, he's now passed away, so he's Bostonian. So I always use that. But my favorite part about Dead Alive or Canadian or Remote Control, they had a category. It became one point became Dead Alive or Indian food. <laughs> and and they, one of the the name that came up was Golda Meir, the former leader of Israel. Oh no. And the contestant said Indian food. <laughs> oh. oh my god. Yeah. Wow. That show was uh that show was uh MTV used to have good programming. They don't anymore, but they used to have very, very funny programming at the time. Uh, well, at least we know we've got a little something, a little something, something. The fictional hall, fictional halls will have their announcement soon for the semis. Uh I I'm gonna I'm just gonna promote that a bit here. Guys, and that's my fault. I haven't promoted this very well. This is actually sort of the lower votes that we've had in a while in terms of the fictitious athlete and fictitious rock and roll hall. I haven't Mm -hmm. been very active on social media. I really should have. 
uh, even though the site has certainly grown and site traffic has gone up considerably. I haven't got really the votes we wanted. It's the sex appeal, my friend. The sex appeal. It must be that. And we've got some real weird ones, man. So when we talk about that, unless something, nothing's going to change because I've closed the voting. We could just do a separate show on, on the semis because those of you who did vote, what the hell were you thinking on some of these? <laughs> They're hanging out with Alec Caruso. Al Caruso. Uh, what's the, the Caruso? Who's the Caruso who plays, they have the wrong first name, who plays for the Lakers? Oh, got pulled over for marijuana. I didn't realize white people got pulled over for marijuana in Los Angeles. If anyone gave a shit about marijuana possession anymore, I know. So but, it's not like Frank Clark who got pulled over and had an Uzi on his back seat. <laughs> wasn't mine. <laughs> it wasn't me. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the thing that was almost bad, by the way, and in case you haven't seen it, I don't want to go bring people's private lives into this. But if you guys haven't read the Ben Zobra story from this past week, did you read that I at all? Did. Yeah, I did. Holy crap. I don't want to, I don't want to just go read it. It's, it's insane. The whole story is insane. So I didn't want to go into it that deeply for uh, Jay Williams saved me from it, but yikes. Well, I mean, we can always sort of like have multiple goods. I guess that's or true. Multiple, yeah. Cause you've done that before. I, mean, I have I, done that before, but I, that, I was gonna I was gonna pass completely on the on elevator up and, until I got inspired. Yeah, yeah, it was gonna be Ben Zobrist until that. So anyway, all right, man. I'll see you next week. We'll, we'll always figure out something. There'll be good. There'll be bad. There'll be ugly. People will uh, die. There'll be ups and downs. Absolutely, so. and that's just Boston. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll all talk right. to you later, man. All right, stay safe, everyone. Bye.